0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. That is right. Baseball is back. It is myself and Greg Piatelli breaking down all 30 teams for the 2020 60-game season. We go through each division. We go west to east. We did some divisions as full previews back in the spring. So if you want to hear the bigger breakdowns of those teams, I highly suggest going to check those out. But this one was a lot of fun to record. We go through all 30 teams, some of them a little quicker than others. We remind you some of the bigger moves, some of the bigger players, all that good stuff. But let us know what you think in the comments. We are really excited to get the season going, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be unique. We're going to try a bunch of different things. So if there's things that you want to see us do, DM us, ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblogsports on Instagram. Or just join our Facebook group, the Bullpen Cart Podcast Facebook group is where you can be a part of the conversation. And as always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. You're not going to want to miss an episode in this short season, especially with basketball and hockey coming back. We're probably going to do another soccer podcast with Ryan White because the EPL has been crazy, the MLS's backup has been nuts. So you got to make sure to subscribe to the podcast Search The Bullpen Card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But enjoy this episode, everybody. Have a great week. Let's go Phillies. Baseball is back. Here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me for the second time in, I think, five days, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend?
1: Jordy, feeling good. Uh, Some great, great long weekend uh or not long weekend but great weekend in the sun how are you feeling
0: i'm feeling good man uh yeah it did feel like a long weekend it's it's kind of crazy how uh you know the summer weekends feel longer just because you're outside a ton and doing a lot of things even in the quarantine you know find some ways to socially distance but be outside so you know it's always
1: good i like it
0: yeah and i watched some yeah no, i mean
1: yeah I, I was i was gonna talk to you about that did you happen to see the uh all the exhibition games on 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 the TV, on the television, and and are you gearing up? What are we four or five days away?
0: We are three days away from uh, the first two games: the Yankees and Nationals on Thursday. I think it uh, uh right away, right at like uh, on the ESPN, yeah, and okay. then uh Dodgers and Giants right after that, and then the big opening day on Friday. Everybody else starts off, yeah.
1: But to I mean, answer I was your talking question. About Friday, uh,
0: To answer your question, I did. I watched the Yankees and Mets play on Saturday night. They were on ESPN. And then, um, yeah, the Phillies were on local TV at the local broadcasts. They had been doing streaming of it on YouTube on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, I I don't know if they had their game against the Nationals streaming, but ESPN very quickly showed a lot of highlights during that Yankee-Met game because of the fact that the Phillies were hitting dingers down at uh, Nationals Park. And then yeah, got to watch uh, the NBC Sports crew. Uh, no John Crux setting yet. We only had Tom McCarthy and uh, and Ben. I forget Ben's last name, but we had yeah, Merv floating around there. You know the usual NBC Sports crowd, but no Crux sighting, no Schmitty, no Jimmy Rollins, because Jimmy Rollins probably still uh, getting over playing out in Lake Tahoe, as we talked about last week's episode. But yeah, you know it's been fun. I mean, and then I watched. I uh, also watched the. I watched the Cubs play the the White Sox as well and Chipper Jones was in the the ESPN booth. So that was uh it's exciting to hear him talk about baseball cuz he is such a good baseball mind.
1: Yeah, I mean Chipper dominated uh what was that? 90s? 90s and early 2000s Early 2000s. Won, like, I think yeah. they won that team that 12 those in a Braves row? teams. those Braves teams have to be the best teams that never won.
0: Now they won one. They won in 1995.
1: Was Chipper Jones on that team then?
0: I believe he was. I think it might have been. He might have been a rookie. Let me double check that. But uh, yeah, I mean that was the the height of the the three headed monster ball. of their of their team. Yeah, he made his debut in 1993, so he's a, he is a World Series champion. Um, yeah, he. Um, but those yeah those Braves teams were incredible. I mean they won however many divisions in a row. Division titles in a row, and then uh, I think the Mets might have won in two thousand, the year that there was the World the Subway Series for the World Series. Um, but it's been you know those those teams were they were they were the team to beat until uh, as we discussed the Phillies ultimately uh, battled with the Mets for it, and Mets won it in six, The Phillies fell short of the playoffs, and the Phillies had the comeback and didn't look back for five years. But now the Braves are back to it. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but we you know we have baseball. We are going to preview kind of a, what did I miss type of thing? Because we did preview a bunch of different divisions. We talked about, you know, what some teams did, where we think they're going to finish. So we don't want to, we're going to retread a little bit on, on kind of a reminder of, Hey, don't forget this, like that David Ross is now the, is now the Cubs manager or that Mookie Betts got traded. Sorry, Greg even though we did cover the the AL East, the NL West, and the NL Central. You know, we'll, we'll cover those high notes. But also there were divisions that we didn't cover. We did not cover the AL West. We didn't cover the NL East. So we're, you know, we'll try to keep it quick through those divisions, but you know still try to give you some uh, some good talking points to say in your Zoom meetings with all of your friends. <laughs> what, are you not on well, Zoom played. meetings anymore? Just because we're, we're semi-open, you just don't go
1: but on I Zoom? I live on I'll... I live on Zoom meeting. I just, I just, that was a funny line. I'm not allowed to laugh at a at a at a, at a relevant good joke that you made.
0: I'm not used to you thinking me as funny, so that's why I was uh I got a little defensive. <laughs> you're usually the funny. Funny one. how?
1: Funny how? Funny how? Funny how? Funny
0: like ha ha funny.
1: Anyway, for uh for my
0: clown. Yeah, before I mean I think you're allowed to make the Joe Pesci quote, and I'm not really allowed to as a. You know, just play, play an old white I don't <laughs>
1: know if it's one or the other.
0: <laughs> but anyway, Greg, we're going to start. We're going to go west to east. We've talked about this a number of times on the podcast, but they are dividing up the major leagues by almost geolocking them. NL East plays AL East, NL Central, AL Central, and NL West plays the AL West. And Greg, do you want to start in the NL or the AL for the Western Divisions?
1: NL or AL for the Western Division. So let's go out west since uh, we always start the East.
0: Well, yeah, we're, we just determined that.
1: Do you want to start right, with the NL West we or the start, AL West? Uh, we we start the American League. We, we, we always start. We always start the league. Let's go. Out, let's go out. Uh, let's start with the National League. All right, the NL West. So I you... always equate American League East, National League West. Ah, I there just, you go. Whatever
0: <laughs> so we did do this in a podcast so if you want to hear the full breakdown mike clark and i did this back i think two days before the pandemic started but greg we're gonna go in alphabetical order so we're gonna start with the arizona diamondbacks and greg what is the the first thing that sticks out about the diamondbacks when you are thinking about them for 2020
1: Paul goldschmidt
0: he is. He has not been there for a oh, year no.
1: and a half. <laughs> I was. I was. I was. I was kidding. I mean, starting their mo for the last um, couple of years. Plus, they they're a team that typically gets out to a very fast start, and then Peters sort of middle. I guess this time, uh, if not before this, probably end of June, July, All Star. I would look for this team to make some noise, uh, just because pitching being so important in a shortened season. I think they have an advantage. Granted, they're in a they're in a division with some of the best offenses going and some of the be- best bats in the league. But uh, yeah, no,
0: I think that's a really good call with pitching. So obviously they, they picked up they picked up Madison Bumgarner in the off season. They still have Robbie Ray, Zach Gallen. Luke Weaver, I feel like is, uh, I feel like he might be poised for an, for a good year. And they, you know, their offense isn't something to be trifled with. They traded for Starling Marte, they added Cole Calhoun, uh, and the rest of their team is is still pretty solid. I mean, I know it's no Dodgers, but I, I I think this team, they'll probably let they'll probably score a lot of runs. They may let up a lot of runs. I feel like we're gonna get some inconsistency out of some of these arms because it's you know. Madison is getting up there. He's been hurt a lot. You know, he's had some injury problems the last couple of years. Uh, but yeah, I think in a 60 game season, I think he n- hit the nail on the head that if this team really gets rolling because we've seen it the last couple of years where they either start off really hot or they end really hot that if they get into one of those runs that, that this team, you could see them definitely in a wild card chase, if not right around the top of the NL West.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the big, takeaway take home point is is for which we'll be making i'm sure across the board is what teams traditionally or recently have gotten out strong hot starts and, and what teams or like you said even end strong but realistically start strong because that's all that matters in such a short season so uh i think the they're only um their only hindrance is that they're on the west coast, and they have to play. I mean, they luck out with the with the American League teams in the West, but they have to play both American League, and National League. They have to play those teams uh, more than I guess they would normally, and, and really challenges them and change their schedule in that sixty game season.
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing that might might give them somewhat of an advantage of the fact that they do get, like you mentioned, those teams in the AL West that do you know that have that you know a little less kaboom to them, uh, quite literally with some. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like this team, and we mentioned this a lot in the the original NL West podcast. They they could make some serious noise, and I feel like kind of getting another look in a second spring training they've had kind of a, a strange start they lost 9-2 last night out in LA uh, they're playing the Dodgers they're playing it uh, at Dodger Stadium again tonight um, I don't know necessarily what to take from huge wins and losses and uh, these practice games if you will and the reason why I put it that way of like watching the Phillies last night, they were adding extra outs at the end of innings so they could let a guy that they were about to let sit and, and end their night, like a you know McCutchen or a Harper or even you know a uh, Chris Davis and all these different guys on the Orioles. You know they're letting it like let a couple other batters go so they could get one last AB. Um, so yeah, my point being is, is just looking at it, you know I don't know necessarily what the the right way to take from seeing that the that. Arizona let a bunch of guys pitch pitch an inning here and there and all this sort of stuff I mean it's really good for the Dodgers if you've not seen the Cody Bellinger home run that he hit it's an absolute bomb but that that being said um, I don't know I, I feel like that this is something that that you really could hang on to and and be confident about if you're a Diamondbacks fan I think this is a team that the DH being added for the national league benefits them pretty well. We talked about this in the original preview that they can construct their lineup in a fairly intriguing way of, of different players they've added adding Starling Marte and being able to now have a couple different players that can play the outfield that can play, you know, a number of different guys in the infield uh, and even mess around with their catchers. They have Carson Kelly and Steven Vogt, Both pretty solid dudes. Um, Yeah, I I feel fairly confident in them. I know uh, their bullpen, there are some question marks, but I don't know. I I do feel like this is a team poised for a good run in the 60-game season.
1: Yeah, I agree, and and solely because pitching, but like like you said, the – weakness, I guess, of the West, but also the shortened season. They're a team that starts out hot and has done that year in and year out. So, I don't know. I, I have good vibe.
0: Yeah, and in, to give everybody an idea, last year they were 11th in runs, 12th in ERA. I feel like that's probably... It's weird to say that, uh, across the board, Major League Rankings, but I feel like that's another thing that we can probably think from them. It's probably their offense has an uptick, but their pitching is still probably middle of the road and lets up a lot, especially like you mentioned, with a more prolonged exposure in a percentage base against the Los Angeles Dodgers the and certain other teams that we'll talk about. But moving on, the next team in the NLS that we are going to be talking about is the Colorado Rockies. And, Greg, the Rockies are a team who, we just mentioned it, teams that let up a lot of runs but score a lot of runs. And that's been the Rockies' mantra for the last few years. Is there anything that we should be thinking different with the Rockies going into 2020?
1: I mean, Arenado and Story and those guys are that much older, right? So they, it's time, it's, they, they've got to be close or, or they've, it's almost time for them, I feel like, to produce and, and prove what they can do. Um, I mean, sorry, not prove, but like carry a team, carry, carry the pitching staff, which has been brutal for who knows how long. Um, I think another team that might benefit from a shortened season, but granted at the end of the day, this, the Rockies to me are, are, and will continue just because of lack of pitching and without being disrespectful, but lack of pitching. uh, I just feel like they won't be able to sustain or, or, out-duel some of the other teams especially in the West and in their division that they have to play regularly
0: yeah I think the the big takeaway from seeing their schedule and really the fact that they're playing mainly teams and now granted they're not they're playing teams in the West that like to hit home runs and what I was about to say granted they're not playing the Yankees the Braves the Nationals to a degree the Nationals the Phillies Red Sox you know, teams that love to hit the long ball and everything, or even teams in the, in the central that like to, but you're still playing the Dodgers a ton. They're coming to Coors field a lot, you know, and that's something to be concerned about of teams that have potent offenses. I mean, you want to say things about the, the Astros and everything and what they might look like on the road and, and even at home in 2020 and all this sort of stuff. But I mean, they still have guys that can crush a ball and the ball travels further. I know it's a cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Um, on the age part, the only thing I would say is that Story is still 27. Yeah, Nolan Arenado's 29, but, I mean, he's still one of the better third basemen in baseball, and I still feel pretty confident with that's him That's my there.
1: point is that – no, but that's my point is that, like, it's time for them, like, as they're approaching their 30s, right, and, and, or late 20s, it's, it's now it's time for them to – carry a team, if you will. And, and you could argue, same with Mike Trout, who's been to one playoff. Like, it's time for these guys who are supposed to be all-stars and, and you know, are they just going to be – not that they have a full say, but in baseball as a team sport, but it's time for them to, in big situations, time and time out, like, get an RBI, be able to – like, one, one offensive bat can affect change and have a huge impact on a lineup, you know, if you're talking – especially in a 60-game season if you're talking 20 sure. home runs or or, or in, in Colorado where everyone says the ball travels. Well, so to, to that end,
0: Arenado, Blackman, and Story all hit over 30 home runs. Arenado hit 41, and Nolan Arenado had over 100 RBI. Blackman had 86, and he normally bats leadoff. Story had 85, so I guess that's, that's the big knock there in that regard of get to 100 RBIs, but he had 23 stolen bases, and I don't know what the – The equation would be to of what that RBI number would be through sixty games, but um, I think the big thing though is is whether or not their pitching is figured out enough that they can be sustainable with a sixty game season. Um, It normally hasn't been; it's been pretty suspect to say the least. Um, And their bullpen is, you know, it's shaky to put to just be, you know to be blunt. I mean, Brian Shaw, who they picked up a few years ago, he was twelve was had twelve holds but five blown saves. And then a number of other guys have multiple of them. Scott Oberg, uh Carlos Estevez, not Charlie Sheen, uh and all these different guys. I'm glad you got that. Um yeah, they it's tough because you are playing in a place where players where the ball can travel a bit. And I know like they play it, and, and that's something like I even used. I think I used the, the Rockies as an example, either with you or with Matt a couple of weeks ago, of that how like the Phillies didn't know how to play the, the course field fences and the, the, the Rockies should know how to, so that's some advantage to a home team versus an away team. But I don't know. It's, it's something where I normally like a little flared into the short outfield can become a line drive, and I don't know. It, it's a little tough that way. It is something to be concerned about, but if it is... I don't know. I mean, I hate to keep falling on the, the 60 games. We don't know what's going to happen, but if it is something like in 2017, where we thought the, the Rockies pitching was going to be horrendous and it was just, eh, it was middle of the road and they found themselves right in the middle of the chase with the Dodgers, the at the, not the Astros, the, uh, the Diamondbacks. I saw the a and threw me off and they were right there. And, and they had that incredible run to the, to a wild card game because of it. So, if it is something where someone and i'm trying and that's probably the big the big takeaway here someone figures out how to start a season off well then this could be a really good team because their offense is so potent but if not and your best starter is John Gray again with a 3.84 ERA then you're it's not a really good sign especially with a number of different teams coming back up the up and up like a San Diego or in Arizona that could surprise a couple teams or even San Francisco. I mean, I I wouldn't think San Francisco, but who knows at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's the, I don't know. That's the, like you're saying, that's, that's the, is that the new wave, right? Is that the, is that the, I don't know, the future.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's something too where it becomes like we we've talked about this both we've referenced it a little bit online and you and I have talked about this offline a lot and I've talked to a lot of other people who are are baseball fans that the strategy of using an opener or using guys for a couple innings here and there is that something that maybe if the starting pitching route isn't going very well where you have a guy like Antonio uh, Zenzatella Senz- I think is how you pronounce his last name. He started 25 games for the Rockies last year and his ERA was 6.71. Like if that's just not working for you and you figure out a good way to use the opener, that might be the way that the Rockies figure out how to do something. Just a guy that can pitch maybe one or two solid innings, keeping the ball low at course field, and that's how you you work your way through it. I don't know if, if that's like their way of uniquely not wasting another year of of Aaron Otto's story and this whole crew that normally does, you talk about teams that start off hot offensively, the Rockies are usually that. And and then, you know, if they're, they're not top 10, they're certainly top 12.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the name of the game, right. Is, is managing that 60 game season. And like you said, doing more and more openers and sort of, if you can, let's say, for a team like this, let's say you take your ace out and and have him go six innings or four innings, only throws x amount of pitches, and then he comes back four days later. And guess what? Now your bullpen's pitching with the lead every four games, or you know whatever exactly. whatever the strategy may be. I think I think that's interesting and and uh, will be fun to see. But uh, I think ultimately, I mean, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But ultimately, I think the biggest the biggest thing will be. Uh, who gets stay healthy? <laughs> COVID. Yeah, that,
0: that is huge, right? Um, uh, yeah, staying healthy with COVID is is probably the number one thing. Uh, which again kind of goes to the the criticism you and I have both had of traveling from city to city, especially in the especially with the Western divisions playing one another, where you're going from Houston to Seattle, which they normally do anyway, but you're going Houston, Seattle, L.A., Denver, all over the place, and I don't know. I don't know if that if that ultimately becomes the difference maker on, on really West versus any of the other divisions. They talked about it last last night with the uh, the Chicago teams because they had their GM, the Cubs GM, on, and he's talking about we normally are the the lowest miles travel. I think is what they is what he referred to the statistics as them and the White Sox, and maybe that becomes their their huge advantage because they said if a guy does get it and they have to quarantine him. They can just even, you know, hire a driver to drive them from St. Louis back to Chicago or from Minnesota or wherever. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, that could, for the Western teams, that could become a huge difference maker because even Miami to Boston, isn't like going from Houston to Seattle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think the other biggest factor is probably the next team on the list. It's the Dodgers, and Greg. I know probably what your first thought is about the Dodgers, but. What is the most important thing to remember for Dodger fans and for people watching the West Coast baseball in 2020? I mean,
1: preseason teams that are slated to win very rarely actually do so. I don't know. No, I mean it's it's tough because uh, they got you know a few. Uh, well, I should say uh, David Price opted out, and and is is this a is this team too talented? I don't know what you're trying to go with, but that's my question. Is this team too talented?
0: That no, that's a, that's a, a good way to put it because it's something of we've talked about this year in year out. This is the fourth season we've been doing this podcast, and we've talked about and praised the plug and play, but then you quickly come back with the criticism. Well, is it is it too much plug and play? Because by the time they get to the playoffs, it runs short, and. Seventeen and eighteen, they make the they make the World Series. Last year, they fall flat on their faces in the NLDS against the Nationals. Um, whether or not you want to call that playoff Kershaw's fault or not, back to back home runs might give you that answer. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I tried to make some joke, but I don't know that that's probably the the biggest question though. Of even without David Price, which I think they basically just bought his contract anyway, right? Uh, to to mm-hmm. get th- get that get the Mookie deal thrown in there. Um, Right. They basically come back in with still with Kershaw, Bueller, Urias, Wood, and then you know figure out whoever their their fifth starter is. I know that that Ryu left; he's now with the, with the Blue Jays, and he, you know he obviously had a very very solid two thousand nineteen. But I feel like this is probably the the prototype of a team, maybe the Mets, of a team for the NL for, for the NLDH to really. Take it to another level because this is a team that can really just move players at ease to go to different divisions. If you look at, like, even just I know fantasy baseball isn't the best metric to judge real performance off of, but if you look at the number of positions that a number of these different players can be thrown, you know, can play. There's a number of them, whether it's outfielders going into the infield, infielders playing the outfield, corner infielders playing middle infield positions, or even catchers playing out in the field. They can really mix and match at ease. And I know I'm a much bigger fan of it than you traditionally have been, but I think in a 60 game season, this is the time when it really shines.
1: Right. Yeah. and, And that's, I think more of what we're trying to say is, is that this, the 60-game season really is, like, the the biggest equalizer and wrench because it's all about what manager will have the team ready, what guys stay in shape. Like, it, you can have the most talent in the world, but if you haven't seen a live 95-mile-an-hour fastball, like, from an actual human being that's not a pitching machine, then, you know, what what is that going to look like come game time? You know, how long is it going to take you to actually – Get into and Is it going to be too late? How long is it going to take you to get into game shape? And and all oh, the Dodgers, because the chances of all eight or nine other studs not showing up is, is low. But um, how do you feel about this starting pitching? I know you got Kershaw, but Walker Buehler, Julio Urias, Alex Wood, Ross Stripling. This isn't this isn't the starting pitching depth that we've come to know or or, or trust from the Dodgers in the last couple of years.
0: Well, I think so you, so health just covid regardless is the biggest part biggest part of the equation for them um stripling i would not talk about it in any sort of negative light cuz that guy is actually really solid can get you a lot of innings out of the bullpen can start he at one point i think it was 2 years ago was a bullpen player had an era sub 1 and then through like 5 starts immediately became eligible for the era crown for the for the national league i think by like the all-star break. This is when it happened. And his ERA was like 1.3. The guy knows how to keep the ball in play and get guys out. Um, So he's, he's somebody that I, I wouldn't, he it's, we talked about with the, with the Rockies of a guy that you might want to use as a, as an opener and let it get through there and, and kind of mow through maybe even just the first round or first way around the, uh, the lineup card, you know, have I mean, him pitch two or three innings and then hand the ball over to Whomever, whether it's like a Maeda who is a similar guy that they've brought in and out of the bullpen for different reasons than Stripling, but I don't know. I mean, I think a them staying healthy, no splinters uh, like what happened with Alex Wood, however many years ago that was. Um, but I don't know. It, it it's a boom or bust, quite literal situation because Kershaw, obviously, we thought he got over all the issues and all that sort of stuff, and then that final game against the the Nationals happens. Um, but it's, it's a different look at Dodger pitching is what I would say, but familiar names.
1: Yeah. Don't disagree. And, but at the same time, game seven, I feel like, I guess you give it to Kershaw, right? I don't know. Yeah. You still (laughs) give it to Kershaw.
0: You, I get it again, the back-to-back home runs, him coming in relief, trying to do the Chris sale. There you go, Greg, a little compliment to you, um, of closing that out. And eventually what the nationals did so well, which is also a, you know, what team becomes the tries to do what the nationals did in the playoffs for a prolonged experience throughout the season. Um, it probably a team punching above their weight, their weight class. It's, you know, for through 40 games, they're all of a sudden back in it and they try to use multiple starters throughout it. I don't know. Um, but it'll be fun. I mean, I think this team is, it's a lot of what we talked about back in March of previewing it and, and thinking that they're going to be really solid and what they end up doing. Uh, but I think you're right, if that, that if there is too much tinkering and they aren't, you know, they're not all on the same page every single night, that it could turn into something where too much tinkering become like it might be too little too late once they figure out what the right equation is.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that we're at this point just trying to find—yeah,
0: uh... we're really trying to poke holes in this team,
1: right? <laughs> that should all they need to know about our thoughts and feelings for them. Yeah. Um, but there's a yeah, donut I mean, this, inside this, the donut. This this is definitely the team to beat, in my opinion.
0: Oh yeah, I just watched Knives Out for the first time last night, so I'm a really oh. yeah. It was a great movie. I love it. You just saw it. Yeah, we, I don't know why we hadn't watched it before that, Emily and I. Um, I'd been wanting to watch it for a while, and she finally was on board. So yeah, that and... uh, Had I watched uh, the Andy Samberg new movie that's on Netflix? That one was good. Uh, Palm Springs, speaking of California? So No. It's a good movie, but anyway, let's move on. Um, so we have two saint cities after the City of Angels. We start with... San Diego, the Padres, Greg, coming into this season with, um, I think there was some hype surrounding them coming into the regular full 162 game season. I think a lot more hype is being brought into this team for the 60 games. I think this is the, everybody's dark horse of, a uh, they'll take advantage of the DH of the 60 games. Am I wrong in thinking that? Am I just reading the wrong places, or or have you been seeing this too?
1: No, I think it, I think it comes into because they're actually spending money for the first time, and they have some some big names, I guess, if you will. Um, and they seem to be getting a lot of these uh, these rays the rays players that that play multiple positions. That as an elite guy, that I'm fully well versed in. Um, will Myers Tommy fan etc but the point is Jordy you're not wrong and this team i think at the end of the day will scare the playoffs but realistically i don't know if they have the enough juice on the hill and 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 even in the ba- the bottom of their lineup who you know i don't know if they have that like I said, ability or or have enough uh, juice at the end of the lineup to, to make something happen. What do you think?
0: No, so I agree with you there. Uh, I just found out. I don't know how I didn't know this when we did the uh, the NL West preview, but they have Brian Dozier on a minor league deal. The uh, the former Minnesota right. Twin that hit seemingly billions of home runs, uh, who really came off. Wow, looking at his stats um, after he got traded to the Dodgers in two, or, uh, in 2018, really uh, fell off the face of the earth, but actually had a good year with the Nationals last year. Um but on a minor league deal, wow, after a twenty home run season. But anyway, um no, I, I agree with you though. It's it's something where there's always a lot of talk around this team. I do think that they that there's something to the fact that they've made a number of different moves, like you mentioned, spending money. These smart plays. You you put it in in terms of those Raise players they've had will myers for a while they just traded for tommy Pham last year and these they even eric cosmer um but these guys who or no he was a, he's a royal excuse me um but these guys who, who can get moved around a little bit and i think using more of a of a smart way and good on them too that they've held on to all these different players that you and i and matt and a number of different people have theorized like oh they definitely have to trade Kirby Yates. and they didn't they held on to him and now they find themselves in this position that their offense could be pretty potent um you know not to just pick on the the AL West teams that we'll talk about in a few minutes but they are playing those teams 20 times um and really the there's just a few of them they have to be be worried about but I do think this is a team that will fall short I even if it is a seven or eight team playoff instead of just you know five teams getting in, I don't think that between how how separated between the haves and haves nots the Central Division is going to be, as well as probably two teams from the NL East, maybe three, I'd want to hope three, um, but we'll get there. I, I just think that there's so many different hurdles for them to climb especially by what we've been saying of the Diamondbacks are capable of going on these streaks that are, you know, that they're going to have to win somewhere and they're going to be playing the Dodgers or the, uh, not the, well, they're playing the Dodgers a good amount, but they're playing the, the Padres a good amount. And, you know, somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. Uh, and depending on how good the Dodgers really are, that that's going to hurt them. And, and, you know, your exposure against that team is incredibly high. So it, it, it's tough that way. Um, but they were one of the better teams in the second half of last year. And Fernando Tatis had his, had his year cut short. So watching what he does this year is going to be pretty fun. Uh, and yeah, that outfield is actually really intriguing because of the different, um, you know, the different players that they've slowly, but surely acquired throughout the years.
1: Yeah. And I just think that, that cause you, a lot of the hype going back to it, like you said, because they didn't. so, uh, well, that's why they're getting it. But at the same time, what people often overlook is especially with the shortened season, it's not really how you end. Like, yeah, you may have ended strong, but I mean the Rockies ended strong in, in 07 and then haven't been good since. So, you know, realistically, what is it, you know, right. So, Ending strong helps, but but I think the plug and play players and and the ability for them to be able to find different matchups that they like in, in a shortened sixty game season helps them. And uh, do they do they take advantage of Machado or Hosmer, um, DHing, or you know, is it do they have? a big bad they have luxury of doing that I guess you know can they get Machado or Hosmer in the lineup every day because of the DH so I think that that will help a little bit but um yeah let's move on
0: yeah yeah that's a really good point and and I think the answer to your question is yes because they can move guys throughout the throughout the diamond like a Will Myers or a Yerkson Profar who can play corner infield positions along with their primary positions of outfield for Myers and second base for ProFar. Uh but moving on, the other San, the other San team, San Francisco Giants. Um Greg, what should we think about with the Giants? Because I can't think of a f-
1: good first phrase. So I'm throwing it right to you. Honestly, with the experience of this team and the fact that they like went for it last year and they're they're old like they not old, but they really have experience old. plus they have They have, well, they have Young Yaz, uh, who I uh, absolutely love, obviously. Brandon Belt was good five years ago. They have Wilmer Flores, who was a heated topic of conversation last uh, podcast, despite us getting it wrong. Um, (laughs) And then Jeff Samarja, the best white wide receiver to come out of Notre Dame in a while. So, uh, no offense to anyone if I actually got that wrong, but... Football player, I should say. I, I, I mean, it's tough because on paper with these names, you you think that they should do well. And, and Hunter Pence right now as uh, a potential DH or Pablo Sandoval, who's clearly did not come in. Oh to, shit! Hunter
0: Pence is back.
1: Clearly did not come into the camp uh, in any type of shape or way. But um, you know, I just think that this team they have names and on paper, you know, five years ago, six years ago, this team would have been on paper, the best team in the league. But like we talked about all last year and, and when they made these trades last season or before last season, a couple
0: yeah, the last couple seasons,
1: is this really, yeah. Is this really going to work for them? No. So they, they did it to put butts in the seat and no one's going to be in the seats now. So let's see what little Yaz can do. You know, let's, Let's watch this team for a little yes.
0: I think it's yeah. I think that's probably the most exciting thing about them. Of that, like if all things are clicking and their older pitching staff gets it to get gets it going and really gets it together, that could be pretty exciting. See guys like Kevin Gosman really get it going, or Johnny Cueto see if he still see what he still has in the tank. Um I mean Buster Posey's sitting out, so they lose their big leader uh behind the plate and. Well, I mean, we'll see what what they throw out there because they've been able to do that of putting him at first base a ton, um, you know, mixing him up last year. But that's probably the biggest, some of the bigger concerns is how deep can they go? We talked about health with a number of these other different teams that will their taxi squad be used a ton throughout the season? I kind of feel like, and I hate to like be negative on that, but I kind of feel like they're going to be using a lot of movement of of guys in and out of their uh i don't know what the official their official 26 man rosters it's still referred to that or are we just calling it the taxi squad and the main squad <laughs> yeah i don't
1: know i don't, i, yeah. I, I kind of like taxi squad i like well, that's uh, the, the that's like the, the minor or right
0: since minor league season got got canceled
1: the black man, aces. i like what,
0: what's the baseball version of black aces red kings i like it
1: i i like what i like where you're going with it I, honestly i'm i'm a fan
0: Oh, I did not create Taxi Squad. I heard that somewhere else. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I hate to be negative about it because I've tried to be optimistic about everything surrounding sports coming back. Uh, aside from college sports, I'm still convinced that's not going to happen, um, at least not until 2021. Um, but pro sports, I've been as optimistic as possible. So I hate to be like, oh, these guys have had injury problems and I don't know who else is going to play for them because, you know, what's the deal with Triple A? But I, I don't know really where else to, like, put this take. Like, Brandon Crawford's 33, and, like, still hanging out there. Evan Longoria's 34. Like, Brandon Bell's 32. How excited should I really be about this team, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's an even year, so apparently, you know, even though they didn't win the last two even years, it's the Giants' year. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
1: It is the Giants year.
0: Yeah. It's always neat. Even years are always the Giants year. But anything else before we uh, head out of the NL West to go to the AL West?
1: Any any, any other team sniff? Oh, uh, sorry. Who, who comes in second?
0: I like Arizona, too. All right. Done. All right. What's next? <laughs> All right. So we're going to go to the AL West. And, Greg, starting alphabetically – do you want to start with the Astros or do you want to end with the Astros? Because Houston would come first in the alphabet.
1: Let's let's stay consistent to the way you've been doing it.
0: All right. Houston Astros, the defending AL champions, coming to the season still with uh, all of the talk of last year's scandal. And everybody had talked about player, you know, how many players would get beamed, how would they be received in New York, how would they be received in LA. Greg, what are we supposed to think about the Astros
1: this year? I think they play with everything and anything to prove. I think that they they have been quiet for a reason. Some big personalities that they've had, they've been quiet for a reason. I think that they, this is a, this is a, what do they call it? Uh, What's the word looking for? Redemption year, right? It's a perfect opportunity for them. They don't have to come to New York. They don't have to come to Boston. You know, they can take their licks for 60 games this year, not have to, like I said, not have to go to these, 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 and even go to Philly and these, these, Douchebag cities, for lack of a better word, myself included. They don't have to get the Phillies to to
0: Houston. I think this was actually a year they're playing each other.
1: Yeah. They don't have to go to uh, LA. You know, they, they can stay within their bubble until the playoffs for now, right? This is their year to take their licks, like I said, from some major league starting pitchers. That way, by next year, realistically, if the people are still hitting guys and throwing at them, then that's on them. But this team is still, in my opinion, gonna fight for a spot to win the East and at least the East, the West, right? They're still the West. No, the sorry. All of the American League.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. You you Again, yeah, East hey, and West. Hey. I'm stuck in the <laughs> You're too used to the Bruins and the Celtics.
1: <laughs> that might stop. I am, I am, I really am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, Um, I like like, this is the team.
0: I like that thought because it's still a, you know, it's a talented team. We'll have to see what they do. But my one thought, and, and really this is the, maybe not the most profound 60 game take, but the 60 game actually comes into this of if you're beaning guys like a Jose Altuve, a Correa, a Bregman, guys who are quick, guys who like to try to steal bases, you're giving them free passes. And you, if teams are really trying to like, hunker down their pitching staff so that they're letting up as few runs as possible. Giving guys free passes to get on base and try to steal isn't the way to do it. Um, and I don't know, man, I, I think you're right. that There are guys who want to prove something. They want to show that like, Hey, you know what? Like you said, like we're, we screwed up people getting jobs and guys who worked hard behind other guys and other organizations and all this sort of stuff they're going to want to do that. And that also being said, they still have a great pitching staff. They still have Verlander. They still have mm-hmm. Granky. They still have Lance McCullers. And they, they lost
1: still have,
0: what? Yeah. They lost Garrett Cole. That's it.
1: That's what, that's what I'm saying. They lost yeah. one guy and, and they still have a great they, bullpen. Yeah. They still have one of the best bullpens. They still have probably one of the best offenses or top offense in terms of the American league. Obviously the Yankees not standing, but this team outside of losing Cole, like realistically they will be in the conversation for the, one of the best teams in the American league, if not the best this year. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um,
0: I don't know. I I think them getting to play the Dodgers in the regular season, that could be pretty exciting. I feel like that'll be must watch television, which is good. You know, maybe major league League baseball actually promote West coast baseball,
1: but Jordy, here's the thing. No fans.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing is that there's no fans. Like we don't, like we don't get them coming to New York and seeing the Yankee. Fa- like it'd be the only time since 9-11 that we're actually rooting for the Yankee fans
1: to like boo people. <laughs> but again, like sixty games, and and you don't have to play in front of any fans. And this is your rede. This is your redemption season. This is your season without your manager, quote unquote. Right back next year. This is your season a shortened season, no fans, this is the perfect time for you to put together something, your redemption year, like, okay, that's out of the way. And then going into next season, you know, we're back to, okay, we're back to this is, this is regular baseball. You're I'm sure you will get some fans that forever will, you know, I still call the Yankees choke artists because of when they blew the zero, the, the three Oh lead, you know, you're still going to get people like that all the time, but realistically, we're such culture that we move on so quickly to the next thing that this is this perfect scenario for the Houston Astros this could not have come at a better time for them obviously pandemic notwithstanding but realistically this is perfect for them
0: says the man who uh, spent some story time on last week's podcast talking about uh, how the cold does get air outside of inflated objects (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I totally agree with you, though. I mean, I am a big... like. I, I think it's... It's crazy to think that they won't win the division just because you want to say, like, oh, out of spite. And a lot of it comes from no fans, but I think even in a full 162-game season, there's a couple of different arguments you could make, and we're about to dive into a number of these different teams. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're... They, they definitely compete for home field in a, in the first round. I know winning a division, I guess automatically gets you that, but I do think it's going to be a tighter race and it has been the last couple of years of, of closer
1: to the Astros, but
0: let's move well, that's, on. That's
1: exactly, that's exactly my thing, right? That's exactly my point is that the, the, sorry. My point is uh, with the deflategate is People bring it up, but jokingly, like, realistically, if, if it was any other team that wasn't the Patriots, this would not be brought up anymore. Like, how many years has the has the Falcons been dinged for pumping in fake crowd noise and the Saints and all these teams that have dome, domes have been dinged or for Or even
0: 28-3. I mean, maybe yeah. part of that has to do with the Patriots,
1: but... No, dude. but I'm saying is, like, the, all these teams get dinged for pumping in fake crowd noise, and, and they don't get punished. And, and, I mean, the Jets illegally filmed teams as well but because you know what i mean like people move on from it um and the astros aren't at a patriots level where people will always remember it i guess at the point um or people just want to gang up on boston and no one really cares about houston but i think that this is probably more the latter (laughs) yeah perfect scenario for them jordy um (laughs) what do you got what's next
0: so moving on greg we do get to talk about your favorite player on the west coast we go to mike trout And the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, of Southern California, of California, of the West Coast of America, which America, North America. Sorry, I added a few. Uh, I had some time to think about it. But we talk about the, uh, the LA Angels. And Greg, I know you are not the greatest Mike Trout fan in the world, but he does have some more pieces around him this year. They go out, the Angels. They sign Anthony Rendon. They... Add some some guys to help him out. Julio Teheran comes over. Dylan Bundy comes over. I love saying that. Um,
1: is Shohei pitching this year?
0: Uh, I think he is. Yeah, Otani is back, and I feel like this. Like we're I'm, this is like the fifteenth player we're going to say this about, and it's gonna there's gonna be like fifty others. We're like, oh, this is the perfect seat. This this is the perfect guy for the sixty game season because there's one that I'm sitting on that I. Also just drafted in fantasy baseball, but I really do think this. But I think Shohei Otani is, is maybe the prototypical with this other player that plays in the Mets. It's probably second. He's maybe the National League. Sixty game player of the year. Otani can play DH whenever he wants. He can pitch whenever he wants. And I think it's gonna be great for him. Um now I know there's like a ton of there's a lot of other stuff that goes into this. We just talked about the Astros. They do have to play they have to play everybody else in the in the NL West that we were just talking about. And, you know, there's other teams, the ALS, that are going to be pretty good. But I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like this might be a year to be a little bit more excited about the Angels.
1: Yeah, so first of all, my favorite player on the West Coast is Mookie Betts. <laughs> Second of all, this team, I think this team more than San Diego Padres, you would talked about, this team is more poised to... Uh, make a run just because oh. of yeah just because some of the bats they have and yeah the the starting pitching may not be where it wants but this is also you know a chance for them to make a serious run and trout might actually make the playoffs like
0: i totally agree with you crazy
1: as that sounds i think they have no a better one, shot no one than san seen, diego
0: i just think san yeah, diego no, is getting a lot of hype
1: yeah no one's seen mike trout in the playoffs and so i think he's one so uh, he's terrible. So maybe we'll be able to finally see him in the playoffs and get get something going.
0: I think Mike Trout's made the playoffs before. I think he made it in 2014. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think you're right. Um, but yeah, they won. They were the top team in the American League, uh, but they got swept by the Royals. So there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he won an MVP that year. Nice. Yeah, so there's one for you. Uh, yeah, thir- 12, 13, did not. Uh, 14, 15, no, they missed the playoffs by a game behind the Houston Astros. So there we go. Uh, but anyway, back, back to L.A. just in, for 2020. Uh, yeah, I think this team, you're right, that they are poised for some type of, of heater. You know, not to just put it, you know in a blunt term uh but i like their pitching staff a lot i think that they can they can get a they can get some stuff done i think they have a solid enough bullpen that can hold it together um i do think that that the addition the addition of rendone helps with their offense which has always been the middle of the road and really outside of mike trout it, it becomes a lot lower than that but pitching has been their struggle and i think because they're playing a number of different solid offenses whether you're just looking within the AL West itself and then adding in the NL West but you're playing Oakland who hits a ton of dingers you're playing the Astros who's still very solid as we just talked about that's going to be the big key there I think their offense is going to be fine and if they can score a ton of runs and you know get Trout the help he needs around the bases or to get him around the bases you know it, it's, it's going to be alright there and I think It'll be, it'll be. I don't know. I, I, I don't have confidence that they can sneak into the AL just because. Maybe I, I don't know. It's tough because I feel like the divisional spots are almost spoken for. But then it depends on how these other teams do. Like, how do the Red Sox do without Mookie? How do the A's do? We're we're about to talk about them. And then there's all these other teams that are thrown out there. The Indians. The twins, depending on who you like in the the AL Central, all this different stuff. So it's going to be very fun to watch how this team does. But I just feel like they still fall short. I have to see something similarly to what we were talking about with Colorado of pitching coming out. and coming out hot early.
1: Yeah, and that's that's you know what what will you get from Shohei? What will you get from their pitching? And and like you said, will they with broken record? Will they come out hot? But what can they do? Uh, really, because they will have to play those nasty teams in the in the West, like, a lot, right? Yeah. Just like the Red Sox are playing the Mets and the, the Phillies.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's move over to Oakland, because I'm actually pretty excited to talk about this team. I think they're going to be really exciting to watch. Um, obviously, they've had an electrifying offense over the last couple of years, and a year ago, Greg, they got, you know, they they were hanging in there. Towards the end of the season, and you know, it, uh I think that it's going to be a fun year to watch the the 2020 Oakland A's. Am I wrong to think that?
1: No, I don't think you're wrong to think that. Um, I guess the biggest question is what starting pitching in like
0: kind of, but obviously
1: yeah, the, obviously the. The, their pitching is good, but... They one of the like, best starting staffs last year. Like, what? Yeah, it, that's what I mean, but like, no big names, but I'm saying where are they getting their starting pitching from? Like, what's the what's the big... Or what's their big... Like, what's their negative, like you're saying? You know, this is the team to be... What's their negative, I guess? I guess their
0: big negative was that they came in to the wild card game against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay just kind of took advantage of them. i I I don't know Tampa Bay with their their smart play because um, they I mean the bats kind of fell dead they did just couldn't score but you know um, I don't know I mean I just feel like they're a team that like, left a lot out on the field into to be desired in 2019 that they'll want to come back in 2020 and kind of show last year wasn't really that big of a fluke because you you even just said it of like oh like these pitching names that I'm like you, you kind of think about it, and you're, and you're thinking like, oh yeah, like who who really was doing it for them? But they all had you know pretty solid years, and that includes guys like like Mike Fires, you know, the guy who blew the whistle on the Nationals. Not that, that makes a difference in how he plays, but all these different guys that actually were pretty good, and then they have an awesome bullpen, which I think is probably the biggest deal here. But I don't know, man. I feel like that if it's the right stuff. If they're, you know, the right side of the season, which last year their second half was great, so if it keeps rolling and their offense keeps clicking, it's like Arizona. If they're just on a streak, I feel like they could make some serious damage in the
1: American League. Yeah, I mean, I like where your head's going. I like where, uh, yeah, I like, I like the train of thought, Jordy. I i am hesitant to, to say that just because of the division they're in and and again being stuck in the west coast and having to play some of the teams they have to play but um, i could very easily see them being another one of those those um, wild card te- wild card games again but are they a team that ends hot or starts hot you know or, or are they a team that's consistent throughout I mean, last year they started out pretty well and and sort of maintained that, but there was a little lull for them in the middle. But what will they be able to do in sixty games? Yeah, they're uh, very I, home I run. sounds like very a broken home run dependent is basically. I sound like a broken record, and I keep saying that, but no, 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 you're
0: true. fine. Uh, the the way to, to d- differentiate it is that they're very home run dependent. They uh, they were sixteenth in batting average, but fifth in home runs, and ended up eighth in the Ameri- in be- in baseball, not even just the American League, in runs scored. So it's very, very home run dependent. So it's the two takeaways are, can Oakland repeat it in pitching? Which I think they can, but it uh, is being home run dependent in the 60 game season, a sustainable way to make the playoffs. That's probably the the question to the league, given the way that baseball is going, but Oakland specifically in a division that also features hot in a, I guess the side of the country that features so much high powered offense that can get it done in multiple different dimensions. Can there can there more one dimensional offense get it done?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, That's so, so we're yeah, what good. QRS Seattle is next. Seattle Mariners, Greg. I don't want to write them off. I don't want to be mean. But what do we think about the Mariners? Do it. Do yeah, I'm not. I, I don't feel very confident in the Mariners coming into 2020. I'm just gonna leave it th- leave it there uh, and be nice enough.
1: Um. Yeah, I I think that this is. They tried. They really tried with uh, Cano and and really going for it and and trying to put a team together that would compete, and it didn't work. So now they have Seeger and who do they try and trade around him?
0: Let's let's, let's uh, play that game. Who do they trade and when?
1: Who do they trade and when? D Gordon. Yeah, that's probably the answer. Uh, I mean, I feel like someone could use his speed, maybe somewhere.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're letting go of Justice Sheffield, so yeah, I think G- I think D Gordon is probably the answer. Maybe Carl Edwards. Maybe they throw him throw him around there. The reliever he was on the Cubs in
1: 2016. Yeah, Austin Adams. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I. I... <laughs> It's a terrible game to play but I know. Yeah, I, I kind of get like some assets, done, collect yeah.
0: assets. Um all right, Texas Rangers. Another team that that could be interesting. I feel like kind of in that same ballpark as a Angels as a Rockies. Their pitching is uh leaves much to be desired, but offense could be fun to watch. Um Greg, what's your immediate take on the Texas Rangers?
1: New ballpark doesn't even get to be used. No. <laughs> well,
0: they almost Texas was about to let people in, and then they spiked up with COVID.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. So, if I mean they improved their pitching, um, they got some nice pieces that to go along with their lineup. I feel like this lineup can really have some pop and some firepower to it. Um, Fraser, Shinshu Chu, Joey Gallo. I mean, this, this team I feel like was designed to do well this year specifically, um, because they wanted to have a good season with opening the stadium, right? So, I'm, I don't know, I'd go out on a limb and say that this, uh, they're gonna be pretty good with Lance Lynn, Kluber, Mike Miner, Gibson. It's a pretty good, pretty good four pitchers there.
0: Yeah, starters. I think so.
1: Um yeah, adding Klubert
0: is a is a solid move. I think just the back end is what concerns me a little bit with their team. Um and yeah, I uh I don't know. I mean, like I want to be excited about some of their different players like a Chu. Um I've always really liked Robinson Chirinos. I've always thought he's a solid enough player. Um used to be a Houston Astro, he was very solid there. Um I don't know. I like Elvis Andrews is obviously getting up, up there in age that Todd Frazier, Cody Allen's hanging out in their bullpen. So maybe he gets some stuff done for him. Um, But yeah, I just feel like it's, it's just not the sexiest team in the division. You know, they're just not going to be a team that we I feel like we're going to be really talking about week in, week out, unless, uh, and we'll explain our weekly game towards the end of the podcast, but unless we make some sort of restrictions of you have to use a player from a certain team, you know, every oh so many weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like we'll probably see a middle of the road season from them um, unless they decide to go some sort of full tank or I don't know. You know, they try to make some sort of trades to get some assets like they did with Cole Hamels a few years back with, uh, with the Cubs. I, I don't know what the best course of action for them is.
1: Yeah. And I think they, they, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe they do fly under the radar. Maybe you're right. But I do think that they will will be a team that is going to be in the conversation uh, and probably squeak out the athletics for a playoff spot, potentially, in my opinion. But yeah, I think that they are not okay. a team to be – Yeah, I don't think they're a team to be necessarily taken lightly just because they, they do have some pop and they have three to four, you know, serviceable, good starting pitchers that will be able to – carry them in a short season so
0: i guess so i just their bullpen concerns me a little bit that's that's really where i get like to, to the much to be desired part of it uh, yeah but
1: like if you you really need i mean how good of a bullpen do you need in, in such a short season right like that i guess the, that's
0: it but like that's, I mean, that's the question keep, i brought up before we of keep like, driving home right that's the question i brought up before though of like our team's gonna try to do the nationals playoff plan of like they don't have a good enough bullpen, and, like, they find themselves five games out in the middle, like, towards the end of July and just decide to say, like, fuck it, we're going to throw Lance Lynn out in the sixth inning every third game. Like, I don't think that's sustainable to do.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting interesting point to be, I don't know, that's, that's a tough one to, to argue against, but at the same time as copycat league. maybe they, like I said, I feel like this team is built to do well and to put, to put uh, butts in the new stadium. So I think this is without saying asses in the seat, I think this is, this team will surprise you. Okay. I hope so.
0: I mean, like, again, I hate being negative about these teams. I'm just excited that we're three days from baseball being back. I just want to like, I, there's some point that you have to be realistic about it. Cause it's, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm just excited to get to the central or where, uh, you know, where we need to go. But, um, yeah, let's move over to the Central, though. And Because we started in the NL. Do you want to stay in the AL to kick off the Central, Greg, or do you want to go NL Central?
1: Sorry, you said start in the AL Central? and uh, National League.
0: All right, start in the National League. So first team up is the Chicago Cubs. Yes, the Chicago Cubs are the first team up. And, Greg, I watched a little of them last night. The Cubbies seem like they feel confident that they can reach the playoffs again. How are you feeling about the Cubs?
1: How am I feeling about the Cubs? Such a tough, loaded question because I feel like I fall into that just like everyone else, that they were good three years ago, so I still think they're good now. But Kipnis is a big ad, right? And Kipnis is
0: a Chicago boy.
1: Yeah, I mean Schwarber can now be a full-time DH, so like it's you don't huge. have to. Yeah, you don't have to hide him in the outfield and or you know whatever. I th- I think that at anything helps this team uh, more than anyone else. I think Lester and Kent Hendricks can give you a solid year, a sixty-game season. I think they can give you a solid year behind you, Darvish, and then it comes down to what the rest of the starters can do. But it's hard to say it's hard to go against this team because with Schwarber as a DH, like built for a DH spot, this team I feel like is poised and, and can be confident in, in their abilities.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point of Schwarber going to the DH and a number of these guys that could have some, some pretty exciting seasons surrounding them. I mean, I think you're right. Their pitching staff is poised for a, uh, a very solid season. I think, um, yeah, I, I feel really confident about him. I, I mean, I guess the big question is with you, Darvish, of what season are we going to get out of him? Because he had been kind of uh, up and down, to say the least, of his time in Chicago so far. Um, but I feel like similarly to the Dodgers, that that being able to plug and play different guys in and out of the lineup, and uh, either to bench them and let other guys try to, you know, have you know mix it around, or just go. Schwarber, DH maybe move a different guy, you know, move someone else to DH to give, you know, to give a different guy a, a day in the field, or even move somebody from the DH into the field, um, and let pinch hitters do their thing for batting for pitchers because that's the rule with the DH, because um, they have depth. Albert Moore Jr. still hanging around there. Steven Sosa is a pretty solid ad. Um, I feel pretty pretty confident about this team, and I, I think I picked them to win the the NL Central when we did that preview back. Uh, all the way at the start of March, but yeah, I I feel pretty confident about them. I think the back end of their their rotation is a little tough, but I think the rest of their team, if Kimbrel's uh, Kimbrel's throwing strikes and not walking dudes, not letting base runners get on base, um, uh, I mean that's dangerous, and that's exactly why they wanted to try to bring him in last year. And if he refines what he's doing, if that's a word, um,
1: this Cubs team's gonna be fun, man. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that's the that's the that's the beauty of this team, right there. They, they maybe you have it too, but they just have that in our heads. They have the ability to be like one of the best teams. I don't know. It's yeah, tough I, to get it out of my head. Maybe I
0: yeah. I feel. I mean, it's just like after a couple of years where it just didn't work out. They have that disappointing NLCS against the Dodgers in seventeen. 18 over yeah, the hangover, they just, the, yeah. the 18 they just went ice cold in September you know you remember they had the game 163 to determine if they'd play in the wild card uh and they and they end up losing that and then last year they missed the playoffs even though uh the the Brewers lost Christian Yelich. they still battled through it and they uh you know the Cubs just kind of uh, once again kind of just got cold in September I feel like this is a team that's hungry to show that we're not done that you know our window has not closed and then we want to we want to hang in there and and you mentioned Kipnis I mentioned he's a you know a Chicago boy uh I feel like him coming back to his hometown and I feel like that's a big deal you know uh he watched he watched his hometown team win the World Series when he was playing for the Indians so I think that's uh something he obviously wants to uh to be a part of
1: yeah I I but let's uh the Cubs Team to beat. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, my fam- the rest of my family would uh, would love to hear that. Except for some of them that live in Cincinnati, Greg.
1: Mm. We move
0: on to the Cincinnati Reds.
1: In who- the biz, we call that a tease.
0: Well, it's called a transition, really, because we are moving on.
1: <laughs> transition, good call.
0: The Reds come into the year having made a lot of different acquisitions throughout the offseason. Um They've had a solid pitching staff for a while, and they're finally getting into a position that their offense looks like it can match the level of their of their pitching and their defense. Uh, they signed Castellanos, they added Mike Moustakis. It's a number of different guys. Freddie Galvis comes over, who uh, you know you I, you know I used to love Fredward. Uh, this team could be pretty dangerous. And uh, actually, was tied with the Cubs as of last night when I was watching ESPN for the NL Central odds. So that answers my question, or doesn't necessarily answer, but it helps to answer my cousin Tommy Dennison's question of whether or not the Reds can win the NL Central. What do you think though, Greg?
1: Can they win the NL Central?
0: And what do you think about the Reds just in general?
1: <sighs> I mean, they have the pitching, right? They have, they have some bats. <laughs> I don't, I mean, they have the pitching. They certainly have the pitching to, to compete, and, and to. it's a shortened season. They have the pieces, I should say, in place to, to do something, uh, make some noise and disrupt things a little bit, for sure. But outside of some of the big names, where are you getting production from, guys on Bay, where are you getting those key stats, the small ball production from?
0: Yeah, that's a fair question. I mean, I feel like Eugenio Suarez can certainly do that. I feel like Jesse Wink- Winkler or Winker could do that. Um Noel in his name, Castellanos is solid enough to to really get a lot of a lot of that done for a team. I feel like he quickly becomes a uh, a leader for them in in a number of the different five tool stats. Um yeah, and I mean obviously Vado, you know, is is gonna, Vado Votto, gonna Votto. you know, he's going to hang around and and you do some pretty solid stuff for him. So I think there's going to be some production there. I guess that's a pretty good call-out, though, of the fact that, really, it, it, the guys that were getting on base a ton uh, via walks were Suarez and Votto and a number of different guys. You know, had pretty good on-base percentages, but, you know, maybe they weren't getting a ton of A-Bs, Winker being one of those guys. Um, but, you know, then you have guys like Aquino, who had an incredible you know part of his rookie year last year. Um, And we'll see what he does with a full seat, or I guess the 60-game season. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be exciting to see what this team ends up doing because of, uh, you know, where they come into.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And losing Puig Hurts helps?
0: Um, I don't know. That's a fair question. Um, I mean, I think they still have a solid enough outfield without him. I know he, uh, I mean, you can't really replace 22 home runs, but, you know, uh, he's still, you know, I, I think they still have a solid enough out, outfield that, that I think plays a little more small ball. So I th- feel like that's probably the uh, the way there. And yeah. I mean, you're also replacing him, bas- you're basically replacing him for Castellanos and Castellanos is better.
1: Right. In your opinion.
0: You, you don't think so?
1: <laughs> Next.
0: Next up, uh, St- we go to – who would be next in that list? Uh, St. Louis? St. Louis? No, Milwaukee. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are next up on the list, Greg. The Brewers um, get Christian Yeltsch back. You know, they uh, their pitching staff is going to be interesting, to say the least. Um, they lost a lot of offense, though. Uh, I, th- I remember saying that I think that there's still some opportunity for uh, potency – to which I got called out very quickly on because of the number of bats they lost. But Greg, am I right? Am I wrong in thinking that what's your thought on the Brewers?
1: Um, I feel like this is a team that went for it all last year, really sold out and came up real short. And what kind of lasting effect will that have on some of their guys? Braun being moved to, the DH most likely will help them because they, you know, they can allow other guys to play in the field. And, and uh, I mean, I think there's so much hype because of how young and, and how good they did last year that I, I think they underperform. I think this is the team that will – the underperforming team, if you will. Um, I think I agree with your assessment.
0: Yeah, you mean by the fact that last year, like, before Yelich gets hurt, it looks like they're going to – like, they were – in you know, a game away from the World Series two years ago. Last year, before Yelich gets hurt, it looks like they're like on track to do it again. So that like this is the year that like is a bit of a dud. Yes, yeah, I, yes. I feel like that's probably the, the correct take. Um, I I think I said they were going to come in third in the division when we did the NL Central preview, and I still feel pretty confident with that. Maybe even I don't, I don't want to buy into the Reds hype, but I, I feel like the Reds could. The Reds are more exciting to think about than. Just like Yelich and Yelich and crew with this weird starting pitching staff. That's the biggest thing that concerns me is a very weird starting staff. Um coming you know, coming into twentieth time we've said it, the sixty game season. Um I just don't feel confident that they can get it going.
1: Yeah, I I I, I like that, Jordy. Yeah. I like that a lot.
0: Uh, any other takeaways from them, though? They have the bracket chip now. You excited it for Brock Holt.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys that was very much like, uh, you know, oh, I, I don't have the luxury. He goes, you know, I would love to sit out. My wife's pregnant. And I got to look at it at home, but I don't have the luxury of doing so because I don't make that much money. So I love Brock Holt. Huge, huge pickup for them. Big locker room guy. Uh, I don't – does he make the team? It's That will be tough.
0: Apparently he he's getting might. paid $3.5 million.
1: I know, but just looking at their roster and depth chart, they don't really have him anywhere. We'll see. I hope he does. He's uh, awesome.
0: I mean, he can play different a number of different positions, have a good utility bat yeah. off, off the bench.
1: Good good Swiss Army knife. Good yeah. call. Um,
0: but, yeah, moving on, we go to the St. Louis Cardinals, who come in as last year's NL Central champions. Uh, and, Greg, they, uh, they were quiet in the offseason. They were noisier than usual in the 2018 into 19 offseason uh were you surprised at, at the the cardinals not necessarily doing a ton they lost marcelo zuna um wait you know, what are your thoughts on them
1: doesn't pittsburgh come first
0: did i get that wrong oh you're right yeah p comes before s uh i'm a mathlete not a reader um yeah so the pirates greg quickly say something <laughs> nice about the pirates
1: um, something nice about the Pirates. Gregory Polanco.
0: Yes. That's a good... That is very nice. <laughs> Joe Musgrove.
1: Does he get moved? Strictly, strictly because he has my name.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like... I mean, I hate to... We talked... We joked about this with uh, other teams, but I feel like they already traded... Marte I feel like we might start hearing that with some other players on their team sadly um, yeah. whether it's you know their big names in the field or if it's a anybody else in their their pitching rotation or or even bullpen um, but like a guy to be a depth starter like a Musgrove or somebody like that um, although I feel like Josh Bell might be the name the the glamour name that we hear about stuff for that Agreed but, yeah, back to the Cardinals. So they won, won the division last year. They were pretty quiet. Greg, thoughts on St. Louis coming into 2020?
1: St. Louis, 2020. Oh, man. Cardinals are just always one of those teams It just seems to always be in the conversation, always seems to be there. They do it with defense, and I like Colton Wong a lot. Uh, Paul DeJong is good. Dexter Fowler, is he ever going to live up to his contract? What do you think?
0: Yeah, that's the big concern, right, is that their offense has been very – last year was very underwhelming, and their pitching staff was incredible, especially towards the end of the season. And I guess that's the big question is can they do it again? You know, Goldschmidt had a really slow start, but then almost at 100 ribbies. Um, so what are they going to do? You know, uh, if, if that happens again, they could be finding themselves completely out of the division pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and especially – the division that realistically, I mean, the Cubs are really good, but this division is really wide open. Oh yeah. So it's, it's maybe they stay in it just because of that fact, right? If, if the Cubs get out to a slow start, maybe realistically, they, the Cardinals being, they will still have a shot because everyone else is just not, in my opinion, won't do as well. Right. So, that's the hope that, and maybe that maybe it'll work out for them.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, uh, I feel confident enough for them to come in second place beyond the Cubs. Uh, I think water finds its level. I feel like their pitching might slow, slow up a little bit, let up a few more runs, but I feel like their offense probably figures it out a little, a little more than, uh, they were struggling last year. I know that they're some of their better players are getting a little older, uh, but I feel like they, they probably figure this thing out.
1: I like it. So So now we go
0: over the American League. Greg, we start with the Chicago White Sox. And what are your thoughts on the White Sox coming into this year? Hype? Is it real or no?
1: The Chicago White Sox. American League Central. (sighs) It's a great, great question um hype real or no Uh, as real as the Padres hype
0: okay that's fair I uh what do you
1: think what do you think
0: I like their offense a lot I really like their pitching staff I know Dallas Keuchel's a little older but you thought that last year in Atlanta and he still was very good for them um and did and you know did a really good job for him Reynaldo Lopez still really good um you know and G- lucas giolito you know there's no reason to think that he'll slow down this year um Gio gonzalez is hanging out there they have alex Colomb closing um and still actually a solid if old bullpen but yeah i mean we'll have to see if they come out hot this is a team that we could really see kind of hang out in conversations we've seen them do this a number of different times um you know, where, and granted, some of that was during the Chris Sale years where they had him looking insanely good, but um, yeah, you know, there's no reason to think that this team can't compete within the division. I know Minnesota's probably going to be pretty solid, Cleveland's still hanging in there um, although they might be on a downslope, but we'll talk about them but uh, yeah, I, I feel like that their hype is a little more real considering the division they play in. Yeah, they have to play the NL Central as their cross division, but I don't know. I, I feel like that's only twenty of their sixty games.
1: Yeah, I, I like I like where you're going with that one, Jordy. Um, and yeah, I mean, adding a big time pitcher and to a lineup that really can rake the ball oh, and yeah. just absolutely mash it. And canarcion also huge pickup. So I mean. Maybe they'll be they'll definitely be better than the Padres, but I think I, they really went for it. I, it's 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 an exciting team to watch and and we'll, so so home run dependent that with poor pitching out of the gate from some of the other teams that they play against, they might like their offense if their bats are awake and they're and they have the you know let's say their their bats are in mid season form. Out of the gates, they really can put some huge numbers up on teams, meaning that their pitching staff won't have to be stressed that much. So there's an opportunity for them to come out hot and fast and and really make some noise, and make the playoffs just be just based on how much pop is in their bat. Now on the reverse end, or reverse side of things, if their bats come out slow, then I don't know. Or who knows, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's the only problem is if they do come out slow. What happens then but i I don't know i feel like it's i don't want to bash on detroit or on kansas city but i feel like they can figure out any woes pretty quickly um i know that's a little mean to say but you're right they went for it and they're really trying to to get some you get some ideas around or get some players around uh around the guys they've had forever you know, and that they've finally been able to bring up and, and hype's been around them and all this good stuff. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see what the two Chicago teams can do. I don't know necessarily if I'd pick the White Sox to win the to win their division, like I did with the Cubs. Uh, but let's keep it moving and we'll try to figure this thing out, shall we? I love it. So we go to Cleveland. The Indians come in. After this division had been theirs for the better part of the last decade, uh, the Indians... You know they uh, they lost Corey Kluber. They obviously traded away Trevor Bauer in the middle of last year. Um, now they have Clevenger, Bieber, and Carrasco at the top of the rotation. They still have Francisco Lindor. They have half of the two thousand eighteen Phillies infield since they signed Cesar Hernandez. Greg, what do you think about the Cleveland
1: Indians? Uh, Francisco Lindor. I love him. <laughs> no, I, I I think that they trust. I feel like they're putting a lot of trust in their development, right? That They're putting a lot of trust in their young guys, knowing that they're going to have to pace a, well, Lindor soon. But I, I feel like they there's a reason why they're doing – what they did right there's a reason why they let some of these guys walk in free agency and and really i don't want to say they're rebuilding around lindor but i think now more than ever is the time for them to do that right this is their opportunity and chance to really go for it and and rebuild to an extent uh, as best they could while still having santana and lindor and Aquin and and Clevenger, Carrasco, some of these big name not big name, but guys who've been good for them the last couple of years. The best addition, I think, is Sandy Leone, Jordy. I think you've heard me talk about him yes. quite a bit. Former former catcher for the Boston Red Sox, but yeah. What do yeah. you think about this team?
0: No, I think you hit the nail on the head that like they've had these guys move around and some guys that come back like carlos santana um and yeah it, it'll be really interesting they have a very top heavy team i think is the best way to put it which you know if, if your x factor is the bottom half of a lineup or a bottom half of your starting staff um you know i'd rather have some more that's you know a, a less risky you know x factor to your season especially with only six, 60 games but then again, if they really get it going, who knows what could happen? This is a team that some of these guys do have playoff experience. They've made it to an ALCS before. Some of them made it to the world series. And you know, you gotta love that. You gotta love that, uh, that experience there. And, and we've talked about it a lot with other sports that are coming back. And granted they're either going right to the playoffs or within a weird abbreviated end of regular season, even though it doesn't count for their stats. That's what basketball apparently is doing. But we talk about experience, this, those experienced teams, and is that going to win the day? And you know that could very much be the thing here with Cleveland. You know, we're we've been harping on some people for being older in their contracts, but this is a team that not only are these players a little bit older, but they've they've been there before. So does that really become what ends up making the difference in the AL Central?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good point.
0: I mean, that like uh, three quarters of their infield was their infield for the World Series run four years ago, so. Who knows? I mean, like, you know, I like, I know it's like the, not the, not the greatest statistical thing to say from the statistical brain, but that I have, but you know, it's, you can't really knock that when the twins are coming off a 100 win season. So they're the team to beat in the division. But like, I don't know, it, it could be something too, where the twins, if they don't start off hot or their pitching isn't as good as it has been, does Cleveland just take advantage of it? Clevenger, Beaver, and Carrasco say it's our time now and we're going to take over, and boom, Cleveland finds themselves either a division winner or in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the, this, this allows this crazy scenario to happen, right? Like, like this, What's happening in the world is allowing this to happen so, or allowing this opportunity to come about, and, and I think, I don't know. I, it has a feel of a rebuild to me. I don't know. I, I'm sticking with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's probably the answer. But I don't know. Then, then are they like? Do we need to say when did the trade talks start for Cleveland?
1: I don't know if you can be unless they trade Santana. Like realistically, that's the big contract they have. But like, they're. I think they want to keep Clevenger. I think they want to keep Beaver, Carrasco. I think the idea is that you build around Lindor and and yeah, they Lindor have... and,
0: and Jose Ramirez are twenty six and twenty seven respectively.
1: Right. So I think they have their their and they have Cesar, your boy Cesar. Cesar. Um I I think that that's where you go with. I think that's where you hang your head on and and trust maybe they like the Yankees and they're trusting their their farm system, but I I mean it's tough. I don't I don't know if any team is going to do anything crazy. I don't know if trades are really going to be at a premium, like 60 games in, how quick are teams really going to be to throw everything away, I guess is the point, right?
0: Yeah, that's probably a good point, too, and especially with how bad labor talks got and the fact that they're not resolved. You may not want to be, like, bringing on these giant contracts or, or anything like that or trading away dudes that you have under contract for minor league deals and stuff like that. That's a really good point, and that's probably something we'll talk about as the season develops of whether or not teams are going to want to like if a team really is punching above its weight class, do they want to just try to load up and see if they can go for it? But I don't know. That's a really good point. Um, moving on though, we go to the Detroit Tigers and I really hate to be like, you know, this team, you know, it's full rebuild, but it, that that's where we are currently still with the Tigers. And uh, we might see some of their big names make some, uh, make some noise in in the major leagues, but it's going to be a long 60 games for Detroit Tiger fans, I feel like.
1: Jordy, let me give you a name and, and give me your first reaction. Cameron Mabin Jesus.
0: Um, I forgot he was still in the major leagues. Um, he's, on, he's only 33. Wow, good for him. Um, he's been playing in the major leagues since he was 20. What, do you think he's a, a vet that a team might want to pick up? Because his salary is only half a million dollars.
1: No, I'm just thinking of, uh... Did he used to play for the Phillies?
0: Uh, no. He did not play for the Phillies.
1: Ooh. Who did he play for? Who uh, am Uh,
0: he was... I think he was... Let's look this up. Um... Yeah, he's always played, oh, played with a number of different teams. I mean, he most recently played for the Yankees. Um, yeah, I was thinking of him as, as a Padre. That was my big... My original big thought. I forgot he played for Atlanta-Detroit in 2016. Uh the Angels in Houston in 17, Seattle, and Miami, back to the Marlins in 2018. Fun fact, Greg. Cameron Mabin has played for the Detroit Tigers. This is now his third stint with the team, all
1: one year. Cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um is this year they finally trade Cabrera? Probably not, right? Um how much money
0: is he making? I mean, he's making $30 million. I feel like there's not. I feel like it's a really hard sell to try to give it to, to try to dish that off. Unless you're like eating the rest of it. I don't know how much time is left on his deal. I don't know if he has some sort of like Bobby Bonilla or King Griffey Jr. type of contract that, like, even if he leaves, he still gets paid by him type of thing. I feel like that's just a really hard way to try to like dish him out there.
1: Fair. Is that why he hasn't been traded all these times? I think that's why it's
0: because he's like, he's getting paid $30 million and like a team's just buying a dude who like can still hit the ball very well, but like can't really move very well. Um, I mean, that's probably the one thing about universal DH, which actually probably goes into the trade talks as well of like say a national league team thinks they can pick him up to just have a solid DH bat. Like, is it worth it to a team like the Cubs, Dodgers or Phillies teams that have a lot of money to like pick him up and pay again? I have no idea what the rest of his contract looks like. But like even just for the rest of this year, they pay whatever that pro rate is, and then the universal DH doesn't stick. So now they're stuck with a guy just eating up a spot on their bench to be like the first bat, at, you know, to be the seventh inning pinch hitter for the pitcher. I don't know. Right. Um, that's a fair question. I mean, like they have some young guys to be positive about about this team. Um, Nico Gudrum's still pretty solid. Um,
1: Mikel Franco.
0: They have Franco? No, Franco's on the. Um...
1: Oh, sorry, I was looking at the next team. I had the next team up. Yeah, I was going to say, team. yeah, sorry, he's not. Sorry, he's there. not on
0: the Tigers. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I was going to say, whoa, uh, that's news to me. Um, yeah, I mean, and they have a lot of they have a lot of talent in their minor leagues that we might see make an appearance just to you know, get them some some major league experience and maybe burn some time off of their you know off of everything. Although, although I guess on that that point too of. How service time works I don't know how that might affect you know uh, service time harvesting for young for young players so maybe it's the reverse um, but then again you know who knows but let's move on let's move on to the team that you were just alluding to uh, in the American League Central the Kansas City Royals who as Craig mentioned a big pickup for a Mike Franco former Philadelphia Philly the player I think is maybe one of the greatest eight hitters ever. They do actually have a fairly solid team, but it's just going to be a really long year for them. Whit Merrifield's still pretty solid, Hunter Dozier's still pretty good, Um, but then outside of that, it's tough to try. Jorge Soler will probably still have a good year, but their pitching staff didn't really do much there. Their relievers, not too much to really write home about. Um, I don't know, Greg. It's I feel like it's gonna be a really long season in Kansas City.
1: That's fair. Um, does Perez Salvador Perez come back? to how does how does he do? Did he um, tear his ACL last year or or? Yeah, you're right. He something? missed a lot of
0: time last year. Um, he I'm trying to see if he is. He got activated from the IL six days ago, so apparently he's gonna you know try to make his make his way back to the team. Very solid catcher. Um, you know he hit 27 home runs in 17 and 18, and 22 and 21 in, in 16 and 15. So he's you know, good for some power there. I don't. I don't think that helps the team too much, sadly. But no, there was that, a time
1: that, where he was the best catcher. Yeah, yeah one of the best the power game. hitters
0: around. Yeah, uh, or for catchers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four straight seasons of twenty home runs as a catcher is pretty, pretty fucking solid. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know what you know what to really take away from the team other than like it's going to be a long season. You know, sadly, I don't want to like shit on these guys, but. Just kind of where we're at. But moving on. The team on. to beat in the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins won hundred games last year. Greg, what is your immediate takeaways from this Twins team?
1: Uh, I feel like I feel like they got better. If that's if that's crazy to sound, which
0: Oh shit, they have my Ada. Take that away from my Dodgers thing. Um that'll be a fun uh dang it if I people like... listen to that.
1: Nelson Cruz, Eddie Rosarios, Josh Donaldson. No, they Miguel have a pretty Sano. I mean their they offense got, is
0: still really good.
1: Yeah, they I feel like they got better. Sergio Ramos Romero.
0: You're forgetting Maxi Klepper?
1: Yeah. I feel like Butler, Kepler kept And this this is
0: Mitch Garver's a solid catcher.
1: I, I feel like last year I always I was all we the running conversation that we always had was oh, is this twins team for real? Is this twins team for real? I feel like this is a team that has lately least recently started started hot every single year. Wasn't it two years ago? They were the number one team halfway and then they collapsed pretty big. I feel like this is, this is a year where they will just thrive. I feel like the shortened season, they come out hot in, in years past. I feel like this is their, this is their chance.
0: No, I agree with you. I think that they're in a, a very good spot. Um,
1: and everyone else in the division, yeah, because the division got, got worse. This is
0: a really this is a really down year for the division.
1: Except um, for the White Sox, I feel like everyone else got worse.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I feel like this is a a pretty good opportunity for the Twins to make some serious noise to, you know, try to try to recreate what they wanted to try to do last year. I mean, they made the playoffs. They got swept by the Yankees. Pretty quiet exit. Um, and I don't know. I mean, depending on where we think. Teams in the American League are going to finish up. That might be a, a your destiny of a of a rematch in the and the ALDS. But I feel like they do have an opportunity to try to to maybe make no. I don't know. I, we haven't gotten to the Yankees yet, but I feel like they they are a. They're going to try to adopt the uh, the what's it called the the 2014 San Antonio Spurs type of mentality of we got screwed by a team that was cheating. And not that I'm accusing LeBron of cheating, but, uh, I'm sure some people on this conversation might, um, but they're going to try to, I feel like they might try to make that sort of run, uh, throughout the playoffs, but I don't know. I mean, I think the twins, certainly the playoffs are very much in the conversation for them. Um, and I feel like, I don't know that they definitely could put themselves to maybe even get home field in a series because of how bad, the AL the AL Central teams are playing are, and the fact that they get to play teams in the NL in the NL Central that aren't very good. Granted, they have to right. play the the Brewers the most out of the out of the five teams, but still, who knows? Their offense is clicking. They could take advantage of that Milwaukee uh, pitching staff just not being very solid.
1: And we and going back, we just talked about how bad the National League West would be. You know, with the exception of the the sorry so the yeah the cubs right or whatever so realistically like you said the, their biggest competition is the white Sox, and it's a matter of do you think the white Sox or twins will be able to s- sustain for 60 seasons and start out hot and i think the twins have the advantage there just because we talked about the white Sox being home run dependent and streaky
0: yeah that's a, it's a really good point i mean I don't know, I think this Twins team can do it. They uh they got some studs hanging around there, and I mean their pitching staff is really good. You know what, uh I feel like we could we could hear just another really solid season of it. We've been really putting a premium to that of teams with even just on paper great pitching staffs. So this is gonna be this is gonna be one of those teams. Um Agreed. and yeah, I mean, they're they were first in home runs last year. And they were second in batting average in runs. Like, I don't know. Like, there's no real, like, if this, then that with the team because of the fact that they can kind of put it together wherever they want. They can have a low-scoring small ball game and let their relievers take care of it. Um, or they just, they can get the power going and, and really take advantage. I don't know. It's going to be a fun season to watch.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's probably an underrated team that no one's talking about that they should be.
0: Yeah, it's probably one of those you forgot they were that good team. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: exactly. Georgie, National League East, finally getting to your, our teams.
0: Oh, yeah. Greg, let's start with the Braves. The Braves, I think, are going to be I hate to say this as a Phillies fan, but I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I know they had their their ups and downs through a lot of the stuff regarding COVID, who's had it, who hasn't had it. What are your thoughts on the Braves when you wait, when you sift through all the noise and the news and look at this team?
1: Uh, is Puig actually going to make the team?
0: Uh, yeah, so he got sent home. He has he has COVID. Uh, I don't know if he got it on a plane down to Atlanta or what happened with that. Um, but, yeah, he got sent home. He I don't know if he makes the team or not. Um, I don't know. Did his? I don't think his contract became null and void because of it. So I, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, oh, maybe I
1: mean, it was like yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Um,
1: yeah. So, to... so sorry, Dansby Swanson. I mean, this team is young. Just as everything last year, the team is young. They, with, the, with the Freddie Freeman as their steady guy, Ken can Fultoniewicz and and Fulton-Yaywich. some of these other guys. <laughs> What what? How did you say it last Fort, Fort, year? Fulton Nevitz. Fulton Nevitz. No, that's how you. uh but I'm saying how there was a time when we first when we were doing the previews. I, I feel like you had said it funny, and I was trying to remember how you said it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I said it funny, so I was trying to reenact. Anyway, Cole Hamels, Sean Nuka, Max Reed, Sor- Soroka. I mean, this pitching staff's pretty good. I, everyone talks about their offense, but. I think it comes down to how their pitching – I think it comes down to whether or not their pitching staff is actually able to have a good season. So, Um, yeah, a couple things to note.
0: Soroka, Fulton-Evitts, Hamels, and Newcomb for that matter, um, all ERA suspects in terms of – like Fulton-Evitts, for instance, two years ago he started off hot. And then second half of the year, last year, not a great – not great in terms of not letting base runners come around the bases – um it's worth noting freddie freeman still has covid and has not been cleared off the covid injured list um but, but he got in the beginning so he should be fine
1: but yeah it's it's i, I just start, looked right?
0: in the 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 news broke two over two weeks ago that he had it so in theory it's about two weeks that it's it's really bad right uh so he should be activated if not on opening day then then soon after but that being said they signed yonder alonzo former great from the Cleveland Indians, uh, but they signed him as a free agent. Uh, currently slated to be their DH, but I feel like they could throw him over at first base if they wanted to. They probably do it with a number of, a number of other players too. Um, they have Marcelo Zuna. They signed him from the Cardinals. Um, Travis Darno and Tyler Flowers, a solid catching duo, both former big names, but I feel like both of them can, can certainly get the job done there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess... What are, what are other things that you might be concerned about with this team? Because I feel like there was a lot of concern around, I don't know, around COVID and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about, about how these teams are going to
1: play? I think consistency. I think for them, you know, last year they dealt with the hype, right? Last year was the hype train season, and now they know – the expectations and how the media and how the rest of the major leagues treated a team that had as much hype as they had last season. Right. Yeah. So do you, like, do you think
0: like Nick Mark is opting out? Like, is that going to like, is that going to rally the guys to like, be like, let's do this for Nick and let's, you know, be, let's have a solid year or like, how do you think that affects him?
1: Not let's do this for Nick. I don't know if that's the right way to putting it. In. I think it's just a matter or, of, he's or, like, just not there. Right?
0: Of him? Yeah. Or like, is it not a, no, not a I big think deal?
1: I think if people treat it as like free agents, like players come and leave all the time. I think it's more of like he's just not our team this year, right? And when he comes next year it's more like, oh, we signed him in a free agency. I think it's more of that. Um I don't know. I feel like this team I feel like last year was, was their learning year. So this this season will really determine what they'll be for the next couple of years if that sure. makes sense. No, it does make Um, sense because obviously they can add people. But Cole Hamels coming back to the National League, I mean, what do you You mean to the National League East? Yeah. He was with the Cubs for the
0: last two years. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was bummed Cole didn't didn't come back to Philly. Uh, People were pretty excited that he might because he was going to be a free agent. Obviously, you know, fan favorite in Philadelphia for so many years, World Series MVP, yada, yada, yada. Um, Yeah, I mean, if he's – dealing. He's, I mean, he's a fun pitcher to watch. That's like, it's like a, I don't know, I I still have, I hold Cole Hamels in high regards, even though he signed with the the fucking Braves. Um, But, I mean, he's a solid left-handed pitcher that I think brings in, if he's on the the schedule to be one of the starters in a series, you really are thinking about that lineup that you're bringing in against lefties, because he can throw some pretty nasty off-speed pitches. Uh, And I mean, he still knows how to manage a game really well, and I think with a solid defense around him, that can really be can be pretty dangerous. And I know that there's some power teams, even still within the NL East, and he had the, they have to play the AL East, but which is all, almost all power except for the for the Rays and, and the Orioles, notwithstanding. But um, yeah, I you know it's that pitching staff. I still think we have to see how they come out. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch because they were still, you know, pretty solid and, and were tenth in runs runs against last year. But a lot of that comes to their relievers and the fact that their offense does not quit. And I think that's probably the biggest thing with the Braves is that. And I don't have the numbers, the the late innings numbers around me, but I feel like the Braves had a lot of late inning comebacks last year. And uh, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing to take away from them is that this team doesn't quit. And I think that they will continue to do that in a 60-game season, which is the right attitude to have because you're never truly out of it, really, unless you start the season probably you know, 10 and 30. You're probably not really out of it. Uh, right. Even if you're five games under 500 through 40 games. Um, and I feel like the Braves could have that where they're sitting at 20 and 20. And even if the Mets, Nationals, or Phillies are ahead of them, they know we can get these
1: guys. We can get hot at any point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, yeah. And that's, I mean, probably a lot of time on them just because they are good. But I think
0: I think deservedly so, though. I like I think the Braves well, are probably the team to beat. I know I, I think I had them too because I stupidly picked the Phillies last year. But I like and I know the Nationals won the, won the World Series and everything. But the the Braves are the best team on paper in the division.
1: No, I think it just goes back to the whole, like, last year, that was their that was their hype year. That was their year to, like, you know, yeah, every that, young team fair. has it, right? Every yes. young team has that. Oh, this is our year. This is our hype year. That was last year for them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's move on, though. Um, next up in the division, we have the Marlins. We don't really need to spend a lot of time on the Marlins, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, more uh, – what's the right word? More experience for, for this team that uh, – that is rebuilding for who yeah. knows how long.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Um, they have a lot of names that you've, uh, heard of and, and kind of forgot that they were still in baseball, like Francisco Cervelli behind Jorge Alfaro, at catcher. Uh, so if you, you happen upon a Miami Marlins game, you was a Red Sox fan, Greg, and you see random names like that, just don't be surprised. But I'd tell you moving on, we go to the Mets, the New York Mets come in and, Greg, is it fair for me to say that the same thing that we've applied to the Mets for the last couple of years is still their biggest problem
1: is health and whether or not they
0: stay healthy for for a full year?
1: Yes and no, uh, because I feel like the biggest problem with this team this year will be outside of Pete Alonso. Where are they really going to get? I mean, and you know, and but even he's streaky, where are they going to get there? Runs. I mean, Cano hasn't produced in a while. Like, wh- where are they going to get some? Ooh.
0: So I can so some... the, So buckle up. Jordy's about to defend the Mets. Um, Jeff McNeil's a solid hitter. He can definitely get on base for him. Wilson Ramos, great, great extra base hit catcher. Um, really bummer. Really big bummer. Granted, the Phillies have J.T. Bomito now, but uh, he was a great catcher for the Phillies two years ago. Um, Brandon EMO, solid hitter, can get on base. Michael Conforto, though that's the big answer to your question uh, along with Ahmed Rosario um, JD Davis solid enough and then they have a, a decent you know, they have a uh, you know pretty good bench uh, Jed Lowry your former guy backing up Cano so if Cano's hurt or if he's not playing well they can throw him in there um, they actually it's it's gonna actually be a, a fairly solid lineup. I do think though health is a, is a concern. I know DeGre- you know obviously Syndergaard's missing the year he's on the 60day DL. Uh, but they still have DeGrom. He's, he doesn't really have injury, that many injury problems. Strowman we'll have to see what he brings. Steven Matz got to see what he brings with injuries. Same with Michael Waka. Porcello's on their team so we'll see what a uh, an older Rick Porcello brings to the New York Mets. Uh, but yeah, I think this might be the year they finally break out of it but I think health is still on the table as a talking point for New York.
1: Yeah, and I think this for sure as a Mets fan you can be excited for this team and shortened season like you said helps them because the the fears of getting hurt probably aren't there um but i still think that i mean and porcellos feel like the same ground ball type pitchers to me right and yeah very similar that way right and testing the defense and so it's to me it's a matter of what what can you get out of the back end of the rotation especially those two guys that I think the team will go as far as those two guys those two guys go in my opinion
0: that's a fair point I mean I think we talked about a little bit the Braves the Phillies certainly have this problem uh and then there's the Marlins but um that if they're able to take advantage and and uh Yoannis Cespedes is the guy I was talking about that Universal DH really benefits this guy. Just stick him there. Another guy that's had injury problems. Have him play the DH. Maybe put him in left field. You know, every couple days. Um, but really, really does a good job of, uh, or is going to take full advantage rather, and do a pretty good job out of uh, being being in the DH spot. But yeah, if they if they really start to take advantage of pitching being in a bit of a lull, because those other three teams, the Nationals, even the back end of the Nationals rotation, can be included in this. Um, and especially their bullpen, you know, that's why, you know, we talked about the national strategy. I don't think they're going to try to do what they did in the playoffs until they reach the playoffs, if they do. Um, But the Mets, if they they can take advantage of it and really, you know, get get moving through, you know, their offense could go that way. It'll be very, very intriguing because you mentioned at the back end of the rotation could be the difference maker because Washington, Philly, and the Braves have such potent offenses, and then they have to play the AL East, which really can do some damage to you. Uh, so that's a really good take. I um, It'll be very fun to see how these teams do, see a little bit of, a, of the rivalry reignite with the Mets. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for that way as a Phillies fan.
1: Meet the Mets. All right, speaking of Phillies, Jordy, let's move right on over to the hometown team. There it
0: is. You, you were picking up on the transition I was laying for you. All right, Greg. I'm uh I'm excited that some of the Phillies are healthy again. It's going to be very interesting to see how McCutcheon does coming off his injury, although he's looked pretty good, uh, at least from what I've seen on uh, highlights and, and everything there. Kingery now, full-time third baseman, doesn't have to split time with Franco, uh, doesn't have to split time with Cesar Hernandez at second base, although you can still use him over there. You can use him in the outfield if people get hurt, like an Adam Hazley or Roman Quinn, who they're hoping can have full years. Um, Pitching, though, becomes the big question. And, A, can the relievers stay healthy and the ones that are healthy, can they hold leads? Can they close out games? And can the starting staff actually do well and and not have to force the offense to have to dig out the team? What do you think, Greg?
1: I'm going to say no only because Sir Anthony – doesn't appear to be making this team.
0: <laughs> well, it's not that he's not making the team. He's getting Tommy John surgery.
1: Sorry, he won't be on the team. Edit, cut. <laughs> Sir Anthony, with no Sir Anthony, will I mean? I mean, how do you how do you go on as a bullpen?
0: It is a bummer, Sir Anthony Dominguez, uh, a, a Greg favorite.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, Wheeler, Arietta, no, I mean Wheeler, Arrieta, Eflin. Velasquez, what can you get out of those guys? Wheeler probably is more consistent than the other ones, but Arietta is he is he become a, a an eight and eight kind of guy? You know, is he, he finally a, healthy?
0: Is really the question because he's missed the end of the last two seasons, and I don't think he was healthy at all last year. I think he forced himself to come back, and his you know his midsection was still messed up.
1: I guess the question is, is he now one of those guys that like? when Tim Wakefield the knuckleball pitcher you knew he, was, he was, at the end of the season he was going to be 14 and 14 500 pitcher like his Arietta now that guy is he at that stage in his career where that's just the reality of, of his situation
0: yeah it might have to be something like that cuz this is the final year of his deal maybe that ends up being the the deal breaker uh, is that he turns it on cuz he knows that he has to he has to go to the table with two pretty mediocre years that were injury, you know, just bugged with injuries and needing, needing something solid on there in the 60 games, you know, that he has to throw out there, Um, which, you know, it's only 12 starts if it's exactly every five days. So, you know, who knows what he actually takes out of that. Um, I don't know if he goes six and six or whatever, whatever ends up happening, but I mean, even just the middle relief though is what my biggest concern with the Phillies um, the starting the back end of the starting pitching ended up being a real problem for him last year, but the relievers weren't doing much else help. Um, when Nola was pitching, even when Arietta, Eflin, or Pavetta were having good starting nights, it wasn't um, it wasn't pretty with the with the relievers coming out there.
1: Yeah, and remind me, how's the defense of this team?
0: The defense is a lot better. Um, it was a lot better last year. Jt Romuto really helped out with uh, stopping players from stealing bases, Uh, one of the best in baseball to do it. Bryce Harper was an immediate, I mean, you want to talk about his offense and everything, and everybody's very concerned about that, but it was a a huge replacement over Nick Williams and Aaron Altair in right field, and actually did a lot to help out with that. He uh, had a career high in outfield assists last year. Um, Roman Quinn, if he's healthy, super fast, ends up really tracking down a lot of balls in center field. Same with Hazely, very talented guy. Both of them saw a little bit of time in left field too, because of McCutcheon being hurt. And if McCutcheon's fully healthy, which again it looks like he is, uh, that could be he's very solid defensively. Kingery at third, uh, he seemed to be more comfortable there than he was at shortstop two years ago. So hopefully that's what his main focus has been. And then you have you have Gene Segura moving to second base from shortstop with the addition of Didi Gregoria. So that'll be uh, I don't think a question mark. I think that's a, that's giving that's not giving chigora enough credit as a middle infielder but that's something new
1: right and i think wait i thought he was going to
0: third no is playing second and kingery's gonna play third okay i have a different online here Oh, do you i th- i think that well they've done both um kingery is naturally a second baseman right so they could they um, kind of do it i think maybe that girardi mixes up as, as i was gonna as say
1: Hill. yeah I was just say, anyone get more of a hose job than 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 my guy Gabe DeBabe. How do you feel about this team having a couple serious DH candidates, but not being able to use them because they don't have solid backups, so they're stuck with Jay Bruce as their DH? What do you mean?
0: Like instead of like you could put Bryce Harper at DH and put like Roman Quinn in right field or Adam Hazley there? Because you could do that. Yeah. Or Nick Williams. Nick Williams anything. can play right I field. Mean,
1: um, yeah, I mean anything. You get you got you got some. Guys Jay Bruce to play is still
0: with. a solid. Is solid enough hitter. Um, I'm trying to think who else you could throw out there. I mean, if you want to give Real Mucho a night out, a night off, and Andrew Knapp's vibing with some with some of the pitchers, you could do that. Uh, you have a number of different a number of different ideas you can throw out there to really uh, give this give this offense a, you know different looks night in night out with a DH. So I think it it does help the Phillies a little bit give some degrees of freedom to work with.
1: I like it. Um but are you concerned that you don't necessarily have a natural DH like some of these other teams?
0: Maybe. I mean that's not my, that's not on the top of my priorities. I'm really more concerned about what the pitching does.
1: <laughs> it also it also I guess it also allows you to like, you know, like the, the it allows you to the flexibility right like if harper needs a day off from the field exactly that, that. that's
0: my that's my take from how the dh is going to affect the phillies it's more giving guys right. a day you know a, a semi night off from having to play their, their positions
1: all right let's move on to the reigning and world series champions
0: the washington nationals so i think the, the biggest hole on the team is losing anthony rendon but i I think this is kind of a similar situation as we thought from a year ago where they lost Bryce Harper, ended up being fine. I guess the biggest question is, is the strategy, the Nationals uh, World Series strategy, are they going to try that or or how do they go from there? Because now with a universal DH, they can have Howie Kendrick just play DH or move guys at will. So I think their offense gets solved. But I think the pitching becomes the big question. Or am I wrong to think that?
1: No, I don't think you're wrong to think that. I think they do have some holes, though. That that you know, like third base, right? Is 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 that really? There are some holes that need to be filled, certainly on offense. But I think I I do think you're not wrong. Like pitching will remain, uh, bullpen, I should say, will remain this team's biggest talking point i guess yeah i yeah I don't, I don't know what
0: like the best way to to go with because it's you don't want to give them a disrespect they're the real world series champions they obviously they had a very good offense some of that came through third base with rendon but i don't know you still have trey turner and he's still solid juan soto one of the better power hitters in the league at this point and then they have guys too that that were crucial and they came off their bench. Kendrick being one it's dribble Cabrera being another Michael Taylor being another, like they, they didn't lose these guys. And I get it. Like on paper, there, there may be some holes in there, but I don't know. You got to feel somewhat confident if you can run it back and, and, and do some solid damage. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we'll, we'll get to see a lot of them playing the Yankees opening night. And we'll probably get a a pretty good idea of it pretty quickly of what we're going to see. But then again, I mean, the the big stat that we got was that they were, you know, whatever, they were under 500 through 60 games. So who knows?
1: Yeah, I definitely, they're definitely a second half team, but I also feel like they, their pitchers, especially Strasburg, they've been, you know, from his first year in the league, they've been slow playing him, ramping him up. Right. Right. It's like they, they've, almost, I don't want to say innings limit from the beginning of the season, you know, sort of allowing him to get into it so he doesn't get hurt like he did in his first year or whatever. So to me, I think that's, yeah, what type of form or shape will their pitchers be in? Um, I think this team also more – thank you, Jordy. I think this team more than anyone else really uh, is negatively affected by the the fact that they have – six games, but also the fact they have to play the American League East. The fact that they have to, their schedule becomes that much harder because of where they're located. You know, they don't have the luxury of playing some of those terrible national league teams.
0: No, that's fair. That's a really good point. Um, but yeah, we're running out of time. So let's just move over to the, the AL East and we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk more about this team. Cause I, I feel like we're not done hearing from them. Um, but yeah, we'll start with the Orioles. I mean, not a ton to talk about with them. But, I mean, do you have any points as a American League East fan, Greg? Uh,
1: no. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, I guess then we'll use their time to, to wish Trey Mancini a, a quick, help, healthy recovery from his cancer diagnosis.
1: Um, I, I like Alex Cobb, honestly. Yep, uh, Trey Mancini. I, I wish you all the best. Um, I like Alex Cobb. Jose Iglesias, uh, former Red Sox stud. Uh, shortstop. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, yeah, all, right. that's all I got. That's
0: that's a good good one to go off of. Um, <laughs> so we'll go to the Red Sox. Greg, how you feeling as a Red Sox fan coming into 2020? We talked about it in our original AL East preview, but how you feeling coming out of the the COVID stop,
1: Jordy? How do I feel? Whoa. I feel like the shortened season helps this team because they don't have the pitching uh, pedigree. They don't—I don't know what the right word is—but they they lost a lot of the starting pitching help, and I think that the shortened season helps them because, yeah, they lost Mookie, big loss. Yes, uh, but they have enough offense where they can they can get by and make up for that. No problem. Um, but I realistically feel and think that, you know, the what can you get out of Erod, Evaldi, Weber, Brian Johnson, Martin Perez, you know, what can you get out of some of these pitchers that, uh, you know, really have not done much and, and are untested and unproven? So I think it, to me it comes down to that. And, and do they go to a – opener model, you know, what's sort of the right strategy for them. Uh, obviously not having Cora this year will negatively affect some players and, and more, some more than others, uh, especially Erod, who has uh, the the pitcher there, who has not, who has been uber productive under Cora, just because, you know, they sort of speak the same language and, and Cora allows him to, to be him and, and ha- no one had more confidence in uh, Eduardo Rodriguez than Cora. So, um it'll be interesting to see how how he is as, as their ace now because sale had tommy john and price is gone and you know steven wright is too busy beating up his wife like an asshole and deserves oh. in jail etc cetera, etc cetera. but nice. their bullpen that. is str- their, <laughs> yeah their bullpen is okay. strong barnes hembry darwin hernandez marcus weldon taylor workman they have a very strong bullpen, uh, or stronger than last year, I should say. And and I think to me, it really comes down to starting pitching. What can you get out of your three, four, and five guys if you if you go that route? Um, big, yes, you lost um, Mookie, but you gained Kevin Pilar defensively, who is who is a very good defensive uh player in his own right so to me i feel like uh those guys defensively you you don't necessarily lose a step i know the red sox are pushing for dugo the guy they got in the trade mm-hmm. but i don't know that to me it just doesn't feel i don't know i i'm not sure that you would necessarily want him to sorry not no, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, a lot yeah, yeah, of pressure yeah. to put on him. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure to put on him right out of the gate to replace Mookie Betts. Is it almost from better, the though, that it's a 60
0: so. game season just to throw him out there? No fans, anything like that?
1: With no f- uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I, I mean, why would you go get in Pilar? I guess why the question is why would you go get Pilar if you sure. had full faith and confidence in him? Yeah, that's a good um, That's my only mainstay. But yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, it is a good chance because this team is very they they're young they have the ability and chance to to go out and and make sorry go out and like actually do something yes the Yankees are the Yankees but they have a the Red Sox actually have a have a shot to actually make the playoffs potentially you know Uh, granted second base will Michael Chavis you know he was sort of a boomer bust kind of guy last year in terms of home run hitting and and I having Bajoria, but realistically, their offense will be their offense. They'll they'll be able to produce some runs. It comes down to pitching, and will they be able to to scrape by in sixty games to get to the playoffs? Um, no, I like I it. them. Yeah, do I see them winning at all? No, but whatever. All right. Say something nice about the Yankees. Something nice about the Yankees. I mean, this team—the good problem to have is—is is what do they do without Didi? Uh, or will they be? I mean, Didi was hurt last year, but you know, realistically, a full season of sixty game, but a full season of 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 um, Glaber and Giorgisolo and DJ LeMahieu. Like, what, what, what will their their uh? What'd you call her, or Shella or or Sholo? The tape. will have to. The tape will tell. I don't know. <laughs> the tape will have to tell on that one. Uh, but no. I, honestly. Giancarlo, I don't know if you saw that game the other day, but he's probably 100 pounds total. He's, like, lost. Did you see the home running hit,
0: though? The one home running hit was a fucking
1: moonshot. That's what I mean. Like, that helped him, right? So we'll see. We'll see uh, how how dangerous this lineup really will be. Uh, I think Aaron Judge is still the worst player, and uh, let's move on to the Rays. spoken like a true red sox fan uh quickly i think their pitching staff is awesome um that's gonna be great saying
0: yeah i mean it's worth noting just because it is gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch them play along with how exciting that offense could be um and probably will be but even if there are the the injury season from hell even even if that happens i feel like the yankees are in a, a pretty good spot and Greg, it's not the last time we're going to talk about the Yankees. I'll tell you that.
1: I feel like last year was their injury season from hell. No. That's what I mean.
0: That, that's what I mean. Like they're, they they yeah. had so many injuries in 2019. Like
1: that. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the Rays. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about to see what this team does. I think this is going to be the mad scientist central of seeing what this team does with a 60 game season.
1: Yeah, I mean the Rays. Honestly, this Morton Snell Glaslow, I mean their starting pitching is. Awesome. Uh, that much better. That yeah. much better, and they had Snell, who are so young, right? And and allowing s- some of their guys to, to their offensive guys to mix and match, and we always talk about, oh, th- what do they do offensively? But realistically, they were fine last year, and, and they had some guys who really produced. And will they, they be able to do the G-Man. same? You gotta love that. Yeah, and Hunter Renfro. You know, he's too busy. Taking some time off from the Raiders and heading over to heading down south and uh, first, I mean, credit luxury...
0: us, credit us for that joke. We're the first ones to make it.
1: <laughs> Luckily, they have the they have the benefit of of, of uh, playing um, the Marlins a bunch. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's their. Uh, is that um? Their, is that probably like the biggest like uh, BS meter on yours? Is that the the Red Sox have to play the the brave six times but the nationals get to play the orioles and the rays get to play the marlins six times of their cross divisions
1: <laughs> yeah and and the rest actually the mets a bunch too especially in the beginning of the season which yeah. is crazy yeah,
0: yeah, yeah but
1: the rays the rays are the real deal um they are a team that always starts out hot so i mean the alias is tough except for baltimore every team is is a is a hard out.
0: I'm glad you said that. Cause I, uh, I know we're basically out of time, but I do, I do feel fairly confident on Toronto. I don't like their pitching, but I like their lineup a lot.
1: Agreed. How badly do you have to pee right now?
0: I don't have to pee. I just, uh, yeah, we just, we're running out of time. Um,
1: <laughs> Toronto, uh, Toronto, Toronto's great. Uh, Toronto will be a fun team to watch. I think the big thing, their offense sure is great. Um, Oddly enough, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has switched over to first base, so that'll be a fun experiment. And then their pitching—you know, after the guy they picked up from the Dodgers and Tanner Arc, like who, you know, wh- where do they go from there? I think their pitching is a is a big, um, big uh, point of contention, or not point of contention, but they're, I guess, weak spot. Yeah, um, their pitching is going to be where tough. Where do they go from there?
0: Their pitching yeah. is going to be tough, but I like their offense a lot.
1: Sam. yeah hi jordy
0: so i have one fan question and it's a good one to end, to uh end things on it's from my buddy mike sambuco who wants to know which team will be the leader in extra inning sacrifice bunts this year of course the new rule with uh, a runner on second base to start to start every extra inning
1: which team one more time
0: who will lead the who will lead the league in in sacrifice bunts in extra innings
1: who uh, I feel like it has to be a team like the Cubs.
0: Yeah, that's probably right.
1: Uh, no, actually, well, David Ross, new manager. You know what, Jordy? Just for you, I'm going Joe Ryddy. Joe Girardi. In Girardi, the Girardi goes old school? Yeah. I like it.
0: <laughs> All I'm right. doing it. I'm doing it. All right, well, everybody, if you've listened to the end of this, we, we're going to announce what we're going to be doing on our weekly show. We're going to announce it via either Twitter or the Instagram or the Facebook group, maybe all of them. Um, so make sure to join that, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. Greg, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun.
1: Jordy, I love you, buddy. Go
0: Sox. I love you, man. Actually, you
1: know what, Jordy? Go Bruins.
0: Go Flyers. Everybody have a great <laughs> week. We might be back later this week with another podcast. But go Flyers.
1: Go Bruins.